Gentlefolk, young and old, welcome to a somber edition of Retro Superplex. Coming off the top rope from Summer in Time, brought to you by NerdyLittleSecret.com and 8BitAnimal.com. This is our Big Van Vader tribute episode. Uh, my name is Martin, and I am joined as always by this fine gentleman, this tremendous, I couldn't ask for a better po- co-host and friend, Justin the Ape Animal. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful. But I will say this to you. I don't know how they do. I don't know how they do across the pond. I don't know what they do in Philly. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But in New Orleans, when we have a homegoing celebration, it is indeed a celebration. We celebrate life. And that's what we're going to do on this episode of Retro Superplex. We will celebrate the life of Leon, baby, bull, bull, power, big Van Vader, the man they call Vader, best big man in the history of pro wrestling, white. Amen, brother. Amen. But there, there are a couple of other uh, passings uh, that I, we, we wanted to, to mention first off. Um, re- Wrestling-wise, um, Matt Capitelli sadly passed away. Um, a, few, uh, a few hours ago, as of this recording, um, Matt Capitelli, if, if, if you do not know, he was... Um, back, back when people cared about Tough Enough, he was... Um, he he was one of the winners. Which, which, which season was he on, Justin? Season three. Season three. The and season that I think was won by John he, Hennigan? He, he and John Hennigan were the winners of season three. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. John Morrison. A.K.A. Johnny, hey, Johnny Mundo. Mundo Johnny, Impact, Johnny Impact. Whatever. A.K.A. Boone the Bounty Hunter. The Mad Slam Town. <laughs> uh, Ty Valkyrie, old man. <laughs> But Matt had a very lengthy um, battle with brain cancer, which kind of you know really stymied his wrestling career. And like he, he was a courageous person, what he went through with his brain cancer. And um, after being free of it for a while, unfortunately, it it it, it came back with a vengeance, sadly. And um, part of part of the tumor was just too close to his brainstem, apparently. And uh, there was, there was just nothing more they could do for him, sadly. And John Hennigan talked about he was his first best friend in the wrestling business, one of the best people he'd ever known. Um, so, great shame. Like, yeah, he, a real hero, a real hero, what he went through in terms of battling uh, brain cancer. Yeah. And then, um,. Also, I also wanted to make note of the passing of uh, Vinnie Paul, um, Vinnie Paul Abbott being his government name. Um, he, if you don't know, he was the drummer for Pantera, one of the probably one of the seminal sort of metal American sort of metal bands of of the of the sort of the mid '90s into the early aughts. He was largely responsible for Pantera's move into kind of being a, like a like a much heavier metal band pantera actually started off as kind of a glam metal band which is pretty crazy to think about considering (laughs) they kind of had the whole thing of being from texas and and kind of have and like kind of really kind of embracing kind of a texas kind of like deep south kind of persona the way they did but um that dude was an incredible drummer um he um, after Pantera split up, he, um, if you did not know, his his brother was also in Pantera, Dimebag Daryl, the guitarist. 
Um, and after Pantera split up, he um, they formed Damage Plan, and um, he unfortunately had to witness his brother get murdered on stage by a crazed Pantera fan. Who? Oh God! He blamed he blamed Dan by Daryl for the breaking up of Pantera, and he somehow got on stage and he somehow got a gun in there, and he he fucking. Oh God! Yeah, so he had to see his brother get murdered on stage, and you know he continued to play, and um, he had a couple of band. He um his his other band was Hell Yeah, but um, passed away at the age of fifty four, which is just way too young for anybody to be leaving this planet. And um, Pantera really were an incredibly influential band, and and his his drumming was a huge part of that. Like he had that real. He and his brother had the very sort of percussive kind of guitar drumming kind of kind of assault, so to speak. <laughs> if you're a metal fan, you're probably used to words like that. So yeah, very very sad uh, that he passed passed away so young. But um, before we talk about um, Leon White, um, I'll do the plugs, I guess. Uh, you can find every episode of Retrospectives over at nerdylittlesecret.com um, you also find uh, Cinemosity and it came from the indies and you also find the newest and already the biggest member of the Nerdy Little Secret podcast network Bad Fat Broads uh, featuring um, uh, Ariel who is, who's been on this show and is an amazing person and a great friend of the show and a great friend mm-hmm. to and they're a friend of Justin's, and mm-hmm. um, we're thrilled to have them as part of uh, the Noodle Secret Network. Um, uh, if you go to NoodleSecret.com, you'll see all the ways you can subscribe and, and listen to our shows. Um, just as, there's also some ways you can support us if, if you'd like to help us uh, keep keep the lights on here, the Noodle Secret Central. Um, so I, I, the, the tentacle monsters uh, moved to another building. So that good. was good. That's a good but, thing. But it was a good uh, thing. But but they did pay. They, they, they did pay good. So that's real. So, so yeah, yeah. The the we're definitely hurting uh, in terms of uh, you know the 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 space. They did. They, I mean, I mean the fact that they were tentacle monsters. They actually took up like a lot of space in the, in the office. So they were <laughs> see paying, what you did there. They were paying they were I mean so so that was a nice fee you were getting despite the slime and the, the screaming and the Well fuck I the mean skeletons. But you know it was uh so so if if you wanna maybe like hit us up on Patreon or or or, or, or hit the Starland link there and, and support one of the best independent video game stores in the country. Check out some Dreamhost web hosting or or maybe buy something from amazon i'm sure you bought something from amazon this week everybody does so why don't you mm-hmm. click through our link and give us a couple a couple cents we'd really appreciate it and uh justin's got a website the yosh checkout too indeed i do if you are into gaming and gaming culture you can hop on over to 8bitanimal.com there you can find all of my writings on those topics as well as all three years of the summer of 8-bit and record of the 16-bit war Those were daily video projects where every day during a run of said project, I conceptualized, recorded, edited, and published a short video that was central to the theme of that project. That's hard work, people. 
Very hard work. Very hard work. And good and, work. I mean, yeah, the audio quality wasn't the best on some of them summer of 8-bit videos, but hell, I was using an old MacBook and the fan was running. It Sue wasn't me. Best conditions, everybody. Like, not no, it wasn't. Gonna... I recorded. I didn't miss a day on the first summer of eight bit, and there was a hurricane in New Orleans that year. <laughs> I recorded like the last four videos with no power. I edited them shits in uh, in Harris Casino and put them out. So yeah, man, if y'all into that, you know, what I'm saying you can hop on over to eightbitanimal.com and check that out. If you want to holler at me, give me some feedback. You can leave some feedback over there. Or you can just talk to me directly on Twitter. That's the quickest way to catch up with me. And also, that way to get up with me on Twitter, it's the same as my, my, my website URL. The number 8 B-I-T animal. Check it out, everybody. And so, yes. Um, Leon White. Also known as Big Van Vader, Vader, Super Vader, etc. He passed away on June 18th. Um, he passed away uh, of pneumonia. He that had... was exacerbated by his heart condition. Yes. yes, he was in a really bad car crash a couple of years back. And even though he did not suffer too much, like he, he didn't suffer too much harm from the actual accident itself, but while he was in the hospital they diagnosed him with congestive heart failure and he was told by two different doctors that he only had two years to live he did not let those years go to waste he he was very involved like he was i followed the guy on twitter you know he, he some he, sometimes he got himself into a bit of trouble on twitter with <laughs> with um you know he, he had to you know he just didn't have the most modern takes on 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 professional wrestling yo him and <laughs> wait him and will osprey though <laughs> yes the will osprey incident when everyone was raving about that best of the super juniors match will osprey versus ricochet when they broke gravity when they broke gravity they did all kinds of flippy doos all this all this stuff and Man, that was some it, of the best flippy shit of all time yeah and and considering he is probably the flippiest big man of all time you would have thought he'd appreciate it a little bit but he he was very he he was quite vocal about about not thinking it's very good it actually it actually led to a match in the uk he went over to the uk and wrestled will osprey where apparently he refused to put will osprey over (laughs) (laughs) so i think they did they did a dq finish in that match but yeah he like this guy uh vader big van vader I I was first introduced to him like like right at the end of the 80s when he made when when he sort of had his first few matches in WCW and um I I knew nothing about him at the time all I saw was this big scary dude with the the that mas- fucking mask the mastodon that, that fucking fu- huge ass mask with the lights and the and red the lights and the eyes and the smoke the fucking smoke and I just and like the whatever the WCW show that they showed like in the early morning in on UK TV was like, was it was pro like, or main event or some shit? I I don't think it even had. It was just called WCW, and it was usually just squash matches. It was usually just like, <laughs> and there'd be like Sid Vicious would powerbomb a guy, and then and the El Gigante would put like two dudes in the claw at the same time, and then and then like and then they. 
you know the the the, the free birds would have a tag match against couple, like against like you know Barry Horowitz and somebody that was like the show, but okay I would I would see the Vader squashes and. I had fairly limited access to him, so I really, I, I, at that point, I knew nothing about his hit, like where he got his start, like where he first took off, which was in Japan. I didn't know about any of that stuff, but um, like, I think even back then, I could tell, even like, no disrespect meant to the likes of you know uh, Big John Tenter, aka Earthquake, but like, no one of of Leon's size could move like him, with possible, possibly the exception of um, Bam Bam Bigelow. I was about to say, Bigelow might be the only one. and They were tag partners at one point. They were. That's and a scary-ass tag team. That might be scarier than, than MVC, son. And you know, I fucking... I love the fucking MVC. And um, you know he 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 was our ma- alma mater of University of Colorado. He played some football. He played for the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, the, the f- old the old Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Eric Dickerson and shit. <laughs> um, and he left the NFL, and uh, he started training for training pro wrestling and. Yeah, he had a ruptured, he had a ruptured patella, which meant he, which you know, his knee was him. done. It was it limited him. Uh, well, you would have thought it. I mean, the stuff he could do as a wrestler was incredible, considering the patella injury. But um, yeah, he, like back then, that that was that. Like, if you couldn't play football, like like a bunch of guys just ended up becoming pro wrestlers, like because of like after that, mm-hmm. and. Um, he had his, you know, he had, he had his start like in the AWA, where he was Leon Baby Bull White, and Later then he became Bull Power. Bull Power, which I think is a fucking great name. I think someone should bring that back. I think I'd, I'd be fine. They could have did that. They could have did that with Bull Dempsey, but you know. And and you know he he and and during that time he did actually get to wrestle Stan Hansen one one time. Yep, this and was. They, I think this was going, like they. That's like eighty six, eighty seven, and they of course you know were they would go on to have some of the most storied matches in the history of Japanese wrestling, because what like because where Vader really made his name was in Japan, and um, it's, it's funny when you look at New Japan right now, Justin, and just how how many non-Japanese wrestlers they have on the roster who are like top stars like all of the all, like, all of the heavyweight titles are held by non-Japanese men right and and you know like Kenny Omega is legitimately like New Japan's biggest star right now and he's a wacky Canadian dude but like eh? <laughs> and I just said eh? <laughs> eh? and but 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 like that there was a time when you know when the gaijin wrestlers in japan were f- few and far between um which would make them stand out a lot more i mean bob sap was i mean he didn't he was he couldn't fight he couldn't wrestle <laughs> he could bug his eyes out real good he, i mean like he was an enormous star in japan for a little while there but before but before him like like there were guys like like brody and stan Stan the Larry Hansen, the Funk Brothers, the Funk Brothers, um, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, 
Gary I, Albright. Gary Albright, yes. Uh, uh, Steve Williams. Doc Gordy. Yeah. But Big Van Vader was... Um, he was originally signed by Old Japan, but then Giant Baba traded, tr- traded him to New Japan. And his debut for New Japan was against Antonio Inoki. Jesus Christ. And if you don't that's know, when like, that's when you got faith in a motherfucker. When you hit their debut match, you either got faith in them or you want to bury them. And uh, Antonio Inoki, if you don't if you're not familiar with Antonio Inoki, I'm pretty sure that's who Vincent Mann always really wanted to be was Antonio Inoki. Like Vincent Mann may have always acted like he didn't give a shit what what was happening in other countries and stuff. But there's no way he didn't watch New Japan tapes at some point and see Antonio Inoki, that big-chinned motherfucker who booked himself to the top of the fucking company to to the top of Japanese wrestling. Uh Antonio Inoki is is Vincent Mann plus El Santo. I can see that. The guy the guy the guy's in the Japanese Senate now. He married yep. a famous I, I forget her name, he married a famous Japanese actress. The guy was like he was legitimately one of New Japan's top stars and Big Van Vader beat him in his fucking debut. And the normally pretty civil Japanese crowd lost their fucking minds. <laughs> like they would they would like the Japanese would have like rally towels they'd spin around. They were setting those on fire and throwing them at Vader. They were so angry. The Vader like fucking just power slammed this dude and just pinned him. Just beat he beat him I I, I watched the match earlier. Like he Vader just beat the shit out of Antonio <laughs> and just slammed that dude and fucking pinned him. Like he like it was it was amazing. And like I, Vader is obviously extremely proud that he got to I mean like he I saw some interview clips with him and and uh, he's so proud that that's how he got to enter enter the business was like through that. And hell he I would, would go too. On, he would go on he would then go on to actually in a, in another shock he he won an eight man tournament to become the IWGP heavyweight champion. Do he beat in the final fucking Shinya Hashimoto? Shinya Hashimoto, who, along with Keiji Muto, also known as the Great Muda, and uh, Masahiro Chono, are considered, they are dubbed the Three Musketeers of New Japan. Because from the mid-80s, like, through the 90s, they dominated that company and and ended up booking it. In, uh, unfortunately, Shinya Hashimoto passed away. But um, I, I watched that match, too, because a lot... Lo- um, some some of these matches are on New Japan World, folks. If you go to New Japan World, just put Invader. A bunch of m- matches come up, and um, Vader would just go, just, would just like go on to just go have a like just for a guy who was like really like just a few years into the business, he sh- he was already like in in like like 1988 like. 1988, well, in 89 when he when he beat Shinya Hashimoto, this guy was already showing so much fucking promise and so much like like talent, like that he he did a running drop kick to Shinya Hashimoto in that match, and that Japanese crowd, it was like they just saw a murder in the ring. That's how they reacted to it. Like it was it was just 
the things he could do, and would the, go on a to, man that of that size. Yeah, I mean, he was never exhibiting he, that level of agility. Like it, it's it's amazing. I mean, he was never as heavy as as they'd always say he was. Like like dubs, I sh- I swear, I watched four hundred and fifty six pounds was his build weight in WCW. How how much? Uh, well, when he debuted, it was three ninety nine, but um, they it l- like I think it was four fifty six. I think by the time he wrestled uh, Ric Flair, yeah, he was up to like four fifty something, and it was like he was it was four fifty six. he was never that heavy. I mean, Mm-mm. but like that the, the the thing that really set Vader apart, and you can really see it from like all the way through his career, is that. <laughs> Like I said, I I I don't want to like no disrespect meant to the likes of Earthquake, like mm-hmm. a lot of the other big men who are around. But like he just, even with this this like football career-ending patella injury, his his like agility was second to none for a guy his size. Like like yeah, he could he could move like he he, he could just go springing off those ropes out of nowhere and. And like it looked like it really sucked to take a Vader clothesline. Like, like Well <laughs> We we have eyewitness accounts of that shit from over the years. Uh from guys everybody from Sting to Ron Simmons to uh, um Mick Foley talked about it at length, like how wrestling how Wrestling Vader was was great, but it also fucking sucked because Vader would knock the hell out of you. Right. And right. even he was, in, he was snug. And, he was snug when, in the ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when he wait, and when he was in WCW, he had Harley Race as a manager. And Harley Race Harley <laughs> Race will beat you will beat the fuck out of you with his old ass. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> That um, I mean that that's that. We'll we'll come back to that more. But uh, it was so interesting him, him having Harley Race as a manager, because he was almost like like a mutant, like a mutant version of Harley Race in some ways. Like yeah, he was like he was like like you know, sh- you'd like sh- shot Harley Race full of like like the ooze from the Ninja Turtles, and he fucking <laughs> Vader. Wait 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 wait. So Vader is Harley Race is Harley Race is. To Harley Race as Shredder is the Super Shredder. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> but I mean, where, 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 so so where? basically, you're calling Vader, you're calling Vader Kevin Nash is what you're doing. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm you playing. You got me. You got me. Good I'm there, playing. Justin. <laughs> I, and like, like, like during this, like, like, like what, what, what while his like. New Japan run continued. He 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 was wrestling some matches in WCW. They weren't doing a whole lot with him yet. It wasn't until 1992. But like in 1990, Vader and and Hansen had a couple of matches. I, I I watched the two that are on New Japan World, and they were both slobber knockers, as 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 Jim Ross would say. Um, and one of them is is a legendary match where. Vader had some bad luck. <laughs> before before they even got in the ring, um, Stan Hansen managed to break Vader's nose with his with, with the bull rope that he bring to the ring, and then during the match, like the story has changed a little bit over the years, where 
depending on who you ask, um, Stan Hansen either accidentally poked Vader's eye out of its socket <laughs> with his thumb. Stan Hansen has 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 gone on to say that Vader was being a bit too rough with him, and so he did it to teach him a lesson. I don't know which version. I I kind of like expect it more to be the former rather than the latter. I think that's a little bit of. A bit, of, a little bit of uh, rewriting history on Stan Hansen's part, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. because those two were just like if you watch that match, like <sighs> they just well or both matches, but especially that one, they beat the holy hell out of each other. Like, like that was like one of the early prototype like hoss fights. Those two fucking monsters, this beating the shit out of each other, like like fuck out of each Stan other. Stan Hansen was 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 like knife edge chopping him in the face. Folks. I mean, but okay. Already, so here's the- after he broke his nose already. He was he was he was chopping him in the face. He had he had a broken nose. He had one eye swollen shut, and and Stan Hansen is chopping him in the face. Here's the wild <laughs> part about that though. So you know Stan Hansen can't see shit, right? Yeah. Stan Hansen probably probably didn't know he was chopping him in the face. Oh, no, probably not. Probably didn't know you poked <laughs> him in the fucking eye. Like Stan Hansen talking shit. But Stan Hansen probably didn't know he fucking he, he poked that man eye out the socket until he saw the replay. And and the other match I saw between them, I don't know if it was before or after. I kind of maybe think that match was bef- was before the the the, the famous one because <laughs> it kind of it was kind of like the, the 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 that match was like just the two of them it was just vicious while this one kind of built up to the viciousness at the end the other one had what is now one of my favorite finishes of all time where they just beat they just started beating each other up so bad the Stan went and grabbed his bull rope rolled into the ring with it and he and Vader both grabbed either end and both wrapped the bull rope around each other's necks and started strangling each other with the bull rope (laughs) lying on the mat until Tiger Hattori just was like uh uh it's over. <laughs> like, I'm like, this finish is amazing. They're both trying to strangle each other at the same time. That that is storytelling. That's yes. the kind of storytelling. That's the kind of storytelling you can't get away with in pro wrestling now. I don't think. And, I don't uh, know. No, no. Uh, well, you, you can't. It's like, like I, I, I don't want to talk shitty on WWE, but it's like, like Vincent Mann wouldn't let you do anything that simple. <laughs> anymore Mm -mm. like that's straightforward like i don't know what the hell's going on with sasha and bailey right now they're finally doing some they start they finally did the turn with them but they are trying to fuck it up in every way they possibly can anyway um bailey whipped the piss out that girl though yeah yeah bailey beat that ass that shit was great vader's success in New, new japan did help bleed into his um getting more more matches in WCW and um, he formed a tag team with Bam Bam Bigelow which um, which which they did make it they did make it over the, uh, the, the actually they, they wrestled the Steiner brothers in Japan I remember but um, I believe yeah Bam Bam Bigelow got got um, I think injured in that match or something I'm trying to remember. Oh no! Uh, uh, um, Vader actually, uh, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader won the titles from Hiroshi Hase and Keiji Muto, but uh, Vader actually injured Muto, 
in in a one-on-one -on -one match which i wish i could find like there, there was all this talk about the matches that muto and Nevada had like, like those are the i could not find i thought i just found like a fan cam of one of them of their matches before muto was the great muta where he's playing full-on baby face which is kind of interesting and it's like a, a really good fan cam from like the g1 in 1991 and it really highlighted something that I think would really go on to really make Vader just put Vader on a different level from all the other big guys is Vader could sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like so many big guys. When it when 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 they have to take punishment, the the most of them just sort of stand there and kind of go like, ugh. And just kind of act like they're dizzy, like, like, like. I think Lars Sullivan is going to be fine because that dude can fucking sell. Yeah, and he I mean, his, I mean, and he got he, I guess he's, he gets his he, jaw broken. He finished, I mean, he finished that fucking match with with a cracked jaw. But like, like, I I, I do see some of Vader and Lars Sullivan because he's a big guy who can throw himself around and bomb. Yeah, actually, a little bit. Of, I I do see a little bit of Dirt God. He definitely was influenced by Vader, but like Vader could sell. Like, Hanson. Like, Oh yeah, Hanson. Yes, definitely Hanson. But um, Vader, Vader got a got uh, Vader had a match in twenty twelve, twenty twelve, nineteen ninety two, on July twelfth at the Great American Bash. That was a few years off with Sting and the King of Cable match. No, no, this this was this was for the WCW World Heavyweight title. This is when WCW oh, had their own title when they were kind of beefing yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah. the match where Sting over overshoots a Sting a splash and hits his head on the turnbuckle and knocks himself out. And Vader Vader wins the title. He doesn't hold it for very long. He loses it to Ron Simmons. Yes, uh, which which you know Vader got to be a part of history when 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 he got beat by. Ron Simmons and Ron Simmons became the first black heavyweight champion yep. in the world ever. But um their great American bash match, Sting like Sting and Vader had tremendous chemistry. Uh and if you watch that match, Sting is in charge for about 75% of that match. Sting is like flying all over the place, taking Vader out, and Vader even though apparently behind the scenes Vader was actually a little bit insecure and was like a little insecure about like about his position in 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 the company the companies he worked for and that's part of why Vincent Mann didn't didn't push him like he, like 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 he should have been pushed like when he was out there he 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 went by the old like like the like the old philosophy of a heel where you're only uh, a heel is only as good well, or a wrestler is only as good as his opponent and when you're a good mm -hmm. heel like say Ric Flair you make your opponent look fantastic. You make your baby face look amazing. Yeah and Vader sold <sighs> all over the place for Sting like it was really really I mean it just just it made Sting look like a fucking superstar, which he already was at that point. But like, because he 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 you know he he was the champ, he'd beaten Flair and everything at that point. But then, mm -hmm. like, he had a couple more matches with Sting, including the yeah the King of Cable match. Motherfucker, do rag Vader. Do rag Vader. <laughs> it's just going around Twitter, which is pretty great. Um, 
He also had a really he had a really interesting match with Flair where he fucking sold to Flair like well, that, Flair. Go yeah, ahead. That that was one of the matches that that that, that I I rewatched <laughs> because like there was when I first got the network I just went I was, was just plowing through WCW like the old WCW pay per views and I hadn't seen a lot of this stuff like I said I I got whatever shitty like cable like hour-long cable show wcw made so i didn't get to see all the big matches but like um starcade 92 was it 92 or 93 i can't remember it was it was like it was a it was a really really big deal because um this was when flair came back it was when flair came back and they did the flair and they had that fucking interview segment called a flair for the gold well, well, this 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 is when like 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 Vader didn't want to face Flair. He told Flair that he was he was past his prime, like he wasn't a challenge. So Flair put his career on the line, and it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they were show like the build like on the pay per view was like Vader and Harley Race came came into the arena hours early, and they showed like Vader in the ring like running the ropes and stuff and shadow boxing and stuff, and then. They- <coughs> And then, and then, and then, like they said, Ric Flair is not even at the arena yet. And they did this whole thing that went <coughs> through the entire show, where it sh- they showed Flair like Flair was still at home with his family, and Mean Gene was with the company by then. And Mean Gene had gone to his house, and and like you, you saw, you, you 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 saw you saw Rick say goodbye to his wife, sort of like barely acknowledged David Flair, which was funny. Um, hug little Reed and little Charlotte, little tiny Charlotte, and then little like baby, they keep, little they, baby Ashley. They, they they'd keep going back to like the limo that him and Mean Gene were driving in, and Mean and Gene's just like talking to him, talking about like this, you know, this is the this is the I think it was the I think it was like the tenth Starcade. This is the tenth anniversary of Starcade. You were in the first Starcade, and like because the whole the whole part of the story was Harley Race managed Vader. First Starcade, Rick Rick Flair beat Harley Race for the for the yep. NWA Heavyweight Championship, and so this was like Rick Flair's biggest match in ten years. They built it up, and Rick Flair and Vader go in and have one of my favorite matches of all time. I th- like watching it again. I like I was blown away the first time I watched it, and like <sighs> watching it again, I'm like, this match is incredible because. Rick, because like you've you've got Rick Flair selling like everything Vader does to him is like destroying him. Like he's just screaming. Like this is babyface Rick Flair. If you thought if you thought like heel Rick Flair sold a lot, babyface <laughs> Rick Flair, he's shrieking like oh god, on top of his lungs every time he got hit. Yo, like, he, I look. He made so, Ricky Morton look like Sid Vicious. Bruh, baby Flair, babyface Rick Flair. Babyface Ric Flair was a rarity in the '80s, right? But see, I grew up that I grew up down here, and we would see, you know, we had in we had uh, TBS, and so I would watch this stuff. And Flair was Flair was feuding with Cornette in the Midnight Express, and Flair had a match with. Flair, as a horseman, was put in the babyface role against beautiful Bobby. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Flair was... 
I think I might have heard Flair say holy mother of God during a, during some <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, Vader would punch him and he'd be like, oh god! And then he'd just crumble yeah. to his knees and he'd just be like, ah! <laughs> it was like Flair in, like, later on in his career when he was, like, on that last WWE run. That's the that's that's the kind of shit that Flair was doing. Babyface Flair was doing in the eighties. But you also got to think he he was in Charlotte. He was in it was home territory. So that 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 audience was losing their minds. And when Flair would little mount, did they know he was from Minnesota. <laughs> and when he would mount these comebacks, he would be chopping the ever loving fuck out of Vader. Like like he I'm I'm not saying he hit as hard as Hanson, but. God damn! It looked like it, like just as I said, it, it looked like it really sucked taking a, a, a clothesline from Vader. It looked like re- like Rick put his entire body behind those chops, and he would just rally with these chops, and the crowd would go absolutely ape shit. And Vader, Vader tried to hit a moonsault in that match, full rotation and everything, and he even made. Rick's weird little like leg pick kind of like like sneaky pin like look legit like 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 I said Vader could sell like mm-hmm. Vader could throw himself around like like a, <laughs> like 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 like, uh, a, a, like a the best jobber in the in the business could like he he could make he made these guys look like fucking gold and that but that match had so much drama because like Harley Race. Had like had his own axe to grind, and he would keep like kicking Rick out like outside the ring and stuff like that. It's it's such a good match, folks. Go if you've not if you've never seen that match, you should totally go yeah. watch it. You should also watch Vader's matches with one Michael Francis Foley Jr. Oh my god! You yeah. should go watch any match in WCW. Featuring Vader and Cactus Jack. You should definitely watch those matches. Some of which aren't actually on the network because they happened on like the Saturday night show. Right. And the Saturday night, the the Saturday night, WCW Saturday night is not on the network for some reason. I guess because it was a fucking, it was like, like 11 years of television. Like, they don't have the whole old NWA World Championship Wrestling show on there, mm. which was the old Saturday night show, the old flagship show. Um, but Vader, there was a there was a spot that led yes. to one of the weirdest instances in wrestling history. Well, there was first one of the most legendarily violent instances where Mick Foley <laughs> lost his ear. In the oh yeah, in August of 1994, Munich, Germany. After a match where one Tuco Scorpio complained about the ropes being loose, the the German ring crew tightened the ropes to their limit. And in WCW, they didn't use regular ring ropes. They used fucking elevator cable with a sleeve over it. So when Vader and Cactus wrestled, Vader, Cactus did his hangman, it's his whole hangman spot, and he didn't realize how tight the he didn't realize how tight the ropes were, and so when Vader goes to punch him out of them, cut his ear. Not realizing how much it cut his ear, he gets back in the ring. 
Vader hits him with a punch. That, yeah, the outer, the outer parts of his ear, all that cartilage flies off. Oh. And there's film of it. And you see this little white thing like fly off the side of his body. The ref grabbed it, handed it off to the ring announcer. The ring announcer goes white in the face. And runs to the back, hands it off to somebody, and they put it in ice. So they go to the hospital after the match. And and so Mick is like, can it be reattached? He's like, no. They should have put it in milk. To save it. And they threw it in the garbage. Another another story that I'm really like really blew me away when I when I read the book especially is like the 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 thing about Vader is you know he was he was just fierce a motherfucker like like scary like just this huge hulking beast of a man but he was but he was also a big softy he was he was a gentle giant like he like, he he was a sensitive very like I think Mick Foley actually described him as sweet. Someone like said he was a sweet man behind the scenes, and I I still think about like the position that Mick put Vader in one time. It was it was like towards the like Mick Mick was in WCW for 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 a few years, and he hated it. They never really gave him like anything like worthwhile to do. He'd, he'd be stuck in all these stupid mid-card feuds with guys like Max Payne. And one night, he'd, he'd had it. Like, he'd had it. And he asked Vader to end his career. God damn. He, he, they see, what WCW did for a lot of their big shows is they would have, that, which I always thought was cool, they would have a run. They they would have a, a a raised runway that was parallel with the ring. It would go from the entrance entryway all the way to the ring. Mm-hmm. And he asked Vader to power bomb him onto the onto 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 that entrance entryway as hard as he could. And Vader did it twice. And if you ever saw Vader give someone a power bomb, like. Vader put his Vader put his Vader put his ass into it, fam. Go watch um, Vader versus Akira Tawe from nineteen ninety nine when Vader wins the triple crown. He powerbombed the fuck out of that guy, but he like Mick Vader had put so, all the snap into his powerbomb. Mick had so much scar tissue in his back <clears throat> from and and just like and just his his body was already in such a state at that point that he he he. Vader wasn't able to to finish him off, and I just think about and I think about like what a what a terrible thing to ask a guy that you were kind of friendly with to do for you. Will you will you like especially especially as like Vader legitimately broke a jobber's back. Joe Thurman, I shouldn't call him a jobber. Um, Joe jo, jo Thurman was paralyzed for a few hours because he 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 had his back legitimately. Uh, broken by Vader accidentally, uh, which some, which is something that he, I don't think Leon ever quite really got. Nah, over. he never he, shook back from it. Nah, he 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 never really lived that down. <clears throat> and he um he was never able to get over it. 
I don't know if it was from a power bomb though. I think it was because if you have you ever watched the Joe Thurman incident? No, I haven't. Okay, so I have watched the Joe Thurman incident. And there's a point where in the thing where he choke slams Joe Thurman and he choke slams him and he brings him down. And Joe Thurman, instead of landing flat, he lands at kind of an angle. Oh, and I think it was the I think it was the choke slam that that fucked Joe Thurman's back up and not the power bomb. Oh, okay. but he did a po- uh, yeah, but he I, did I, do I a power bomb later, and the power bomb was kind of like on his shoulders also. So I don't know. Yeah. It was one of those two things. But Joe, Tony Savani calls it, and because they like you know that it was like tape footage or whatever, and Tony Savani has to call this thing in the video that I saw it of it. And Tony Schiavone is like, I forget which one, which move it was. And he's like, right there. That's where he broke the young man's back. Oh. I'm like, God damn it, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> I was also interesting, like, kind of during this whole kind of period is, is um, Vader actually went back to Japan a little bit and wrestled for the UWFI. Uh, the United World Fighting I can't remember what it what it meant. It was it was some weird it was some wacky ass uh, uh, name, and the UW the UWFI, despite existing in the early nineties, was like so ahead of its time. They were already doing shoot MMA fights, like well, like work shoot MMA fights. Like they dispensed with like the dramatics. They didn't have like the big. F- flashy moves they would just have guys go in there and strike and and grapple and try and sub- and do submissions and fucking vader went and was doing that shit in japan and be- and the thing is like like vader's punches uwfi stood for union of wrestling forces international <laughs> yeah i knew it was I, I knew it was a wacky name and like Vader went over there and like put over their champ and stuff and kind of had a good run there. And I was watching some of those matches too. And it's like, like Vader had some of the most legit looking punches in wrestling. Like they weren't like the cleanest. They weren't the they 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 didn't have like they weren't they they they, they weren't like Dusty Rhodes punches. But like he just he just like he was just this big dude who just fucking do these big overhand lefts and rights and he would just bully those guys and he would and then he would like go punch them in the gut and he just like it just no one just stand hands and try to poke his eye out like it looks <laughs> vader's punches it it would look like you were on a roller coaster on one of them old wooden roller coasters not the joints with the loops and shit but the the wooden joints that would go real fast and shoot through those curves right so you're like jerking left to right that's what Vader's punches look like. Look like when they were, yeah. When we were, when we, when I was a kid, we would recklessly play wrestling. Um, I was always Vader, and I would always put somebody up against a wall or some shit, and I would fake those punches. Like just like <coughs> I, it's it was one of my favorite like Vader spots was him getting someone in the corner and just bullying them with this, just just pounding on them with those punches. It just looks so yeah fucking cruel like it's like and, the, the, and like every guy would just sell it and then he would just like, yell and he would yell who's the man at him the whole fucking time 
Who's the man? Because the guy had a great fucking persona too. Like he, he was this bellowing, like vicious, brutal, this motherfucker. <laughs> and like, like, and it always like just made him look so legit. Even when he's doing like, like awful fucking shit, like the White Castle of. <laughs> so I watched table. I watched table for three. The, the episode of Table for Three featuring that had Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, and Vader in it. And they're talking, and one of them jokingly says, they were asking, uh, they asked Sting what his favorite moment was. And Sting was like, White Castle of Fear. White Castle. And so they were, because uh, DDP was like, wait, what the hell is White Castle of Fear? And so they started talking about it. It's like, oh, I remember that now. You had on a, le- a blue leather suit. Oh, it was, it's so good. Like, it's so fucking bad, but it's so good. Like, like it's so it was good. this whole, that's when Vader was, was part of the Dungeon of Doom, right? With, um, with Kevin Sullivan. Like was it? I I, I or was I, it before? Kept, was it before Dungeon of Doom? Maybe it led to Dungeon of Doom. I know Kevin Sullivan was involved because, like, it was this whole feud with like, with like Vader was 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 kind of feuding with Sting and Davy Boy Smith, and they did this mm-hmm. whole thing at, at like Bash at the Beach, <laughs> where 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 Sting and Davy Boy were allegedly on a boat that got blown up by an evil midget, uh, an, e- an evil little person. Pardon me, and uh, and and I just I I I actually re- fairly recently watched the White Castle, like the whole White Castle of Fear match, which was just a, like a strap match. It was so weird, like it because it has this whole it has the, all these vignettes that ran throughout the whole pay per view where like Sting's on a helicopter and he's going up to some fucking wacky place and. And Big Van Vader is in this big room with all these crazy people, and he's like, he's like the worst. He, he's, he's like some sort of like super cheesy like direct TV like horror movie villain. He's like, Big, the House of Fear, White Castle, Fear. And he's just doing his Vader stuff, which was always no matter what he was in when he was doing his Vader stuff, it's always awesome. Like yeah, like there's no such thing as a bad Vader promo because Vader like it like. Thunder Cage! <laughs> Blah! Life is Revenge! The Thunder Cage! Let's, oh, I'm sorry. My bad Vader impression, but I fucking just love that shit. Yeah, he's screaming about, like, Sting, like, and he's going up to the, like, Sting's going up to the mountains in, in, in a helicopter. And what does it culminate in? A strap match. In a the ring. Match. At the arena. Like, like, just, like, they just had a match. Like, like, the, Sting kind of goes up there and it's like, oh no, this is some crazy stuff. And then it just kind of went to a match in the ring <laughs> where they had like a strap match. It was a pretty good strap match, but. <laughs> but um, also, the little person's name was Cheatham. Cheatham, yes. But, um. <laughs> I think as the 90s went on, they, like, they, they, they didn't. They, they stopped using Vader as well. Because wasn't Kevin Kevin Sullivan booking at that point, and that's when she got real fucking. Well, whoever was booking at that point in time, it just started getting really fucking wacky, 
And then Vader had to feud with um, the former big boss man who went through like three different names because WB kept threatened to sue them. Because they literally brought in the big boss man, they put him in a black shirt instead of a blue shirt and called him the boss. Mm-hmm. And then WB was like, uh, <laughs> that's our gimmick. We're gonna sue. And then, he was, and then the, he was the guardian angel. The guardian angel. <sighs> and I think they were trying to do like hoss fights and stuff, but God bless, um, Trailer. God bless Ray Trailer. He he was not on the he was not on Vader's level. He was a so, he was Mm-mm. a solid like mid card guy, but um, yeah, you know then then Vader and then Hogan came in and that was pretty much it. Like Hogan just you know ran rough shot over everybody, and then it just became about like reliving like WWE in the late eighties with like Randy Savage and Hogan and all that shit, and. And you know, Vader would would make a brief return to New Japan. He like he do a little bit more of the UWFI stuff. Then he ended up in WWF. The man they call Vader. I mean, he had good entrance music. It's time. Like it's, it's time. so funny that like like it's Vader time. A lot of people remember the Vader time <laughs> thing. I have a shirt that has a clock on it. And it's pointing, and like Vader is at it's Vader's face for every number, and it says it's Vader time, and it's one of my favorite shirts. But like, it's funny that like a lot of, a lot of people remember Vader for that, but it's one of the least it, uh, as far as as far as Leon's career goes, it's probably like the least memorable. It's probably part of his it's whole the low career. point. Like, cause what? It's like when WWE brought in Public Enemy. <laughs> And they fucking made pub. It's not as bad as them bringing in Public Enemy, but it was pretty fucking bad. Well, the part part of the problem was is you know like like you know obviously, obviously Vincent Mann was 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 behind was was into this whole thing at first because Vincent Mann loved great big scary dudes, or just or you know pretty little guys like Shawn Michaels, and you know it's but then. SummerSlam 1996 Vader was booked in booked in the main event against Shawn Michaels who was you know one of the biggest stars in the company and there mm-hmm. was there was a botched spot in that match and this was at the peak of HBK being a fucking fucking diva asshole and he literally blew his like like went off and had a hissy fit in the ring during that match and I don't think Vader's WBF career ever really rebounded from that. I, I'm so that's who. So we can blame Shawn Michaels I, for I, that I, shit. I, 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 I have no problem blaming Shawn Michaels. I'm sure Shawn Michaels buried him to Vince after that. Because I'm pretty sure to, probably fucking voted for Donald Trump too. Yeah, probably. And <laughs> you know, and you fucking know, like that, like Vader did wrestle the Undertaker after that, but but you know, like. They turned the dude heat. They turned the hit dude babyface. How the fuck Vader? Vader don't work as a face. And I remember actually like seeing. I remember actually because I I, I I remember seeing Vader lose to The Rock on on an episode of Raw. I watched about, that. I remember video recently. Bottom, and it just. I, I and I remember. I think that was actually the first time I ever saw The Rock wrestle. And when he did the Rock Bottom to Vader, I was like. There's no way. I was like, there's no way The Rock could do that to that man. 
with one arm. That made no sense to me. Like, let's. I had issues with The Rock for a long time, and I think it all stemmed from me seeing him beat Vader in that match. But my god, they, 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 not only did they turn him face, like, Jim Ross was pushed to sell him as this big, cuddly, fucking, like, big, cuddly bear of a wrestler. Like, like, that's basically how Jim Ross would describe him. And it was like, what the fuck are you doing with this crazy, insane monster? Like, this dude who'd, like, fucking beat the number one Japanese star in the world and caused a fucking riot at the like New Japan was banned from that arena for two for a couple of years because of the riot that happened after Vader beat the biggest star in Japan like like this th this was the guy who fucking like that was just got his eye popped out of his fucking head and then and then wrestled another 15 minutes this guy was legitimately like one of the <laughs> best monster heels in the history of professional wrestling and you fucking turn him face and just make him look like a schmuck like it was fucking awful like apparently his last his final televised match in WWF was a loss to edge on heat yo i mean i always say if you want to turn something to shit, let Vince Mc in pro wrestling, let Vince McMahon have a hand on it. Yep. Let him let Vince put his hands on it, cause Vince McMahon don't know shit about shit that nope. isn't a muscular white guy, a tall muscular white guy, awesome. a little pretty white guy, or some straight ass blonde white girl. Well, he don't know shit about nothing else. Or a black guy being a fucking coon. <laughs> Those are the only things that Vince McMahon knows about. <laughs> I didn't even know what to say to that. But yeah, he's... You, you <laughs> and I have said for a long time, Vince McMahon don't... Man, look. Don't get me fucking started about Vince McMahon. You already. But but the thing is, like you said, Justin, we're about celebrations. And what did, yep. what did Vader do? After after his WWF run was over, did he did he say you know what? I've been wrestling since the mid '80s. It's time for me to hang it up. It's time for me to go open a nope. school. It's time for me to go like you know just start doing the do, doing like the sig like showing like the conventions like signature circuit. No, this guy went back to Japan and got better. Hmm. This guy this guy was voted in 1999 in the Wrestling Observer Awards. He was voted most improved in 1999 because this there you go because this this dude this crazy motherfucker went to japan and 1999 2000 were two of the best years of his fucking career he he went to new he, he he went to all japan when all japan was literally the greatest wrestling company that had ever existed at that point they had mitsuharu mizawa they had kenta kobashi junakiyama um Toshiaki Kawada, the, Vader went in there and just fucking hung with those guys and became one of the, like, became the big monster gaijin in all Japan that he had been more than once in more than one Japanese company before that. He, um, the, the... Because Leon White was a fucking man and you're going to respect him like a fucking man. I, or he going to put you in a corner and beat the fuck out of you. I got a little story like about a man. how I got about how I got into <sighs> Japanese wrestling my me and my buddy Tom would watch WCW and I wanted more I wanted more and that um, I would occasionally make chips trips into Manchester which was about an hour's drive 
from where I lived. And I discovered in this little, it was just almost like this indoor flea market with like these like semi-permanent little stores in there. And one of them was a store that sold wrestling tapes. And this, you know, yeah, wrestling VHS tapes. I'm old. This is, this is way back before you could get torrents of everything or find it on YouTube or Daily Motion or wherever else. I'm looking at my best of Onita barbed wire tape. And I went in, <laughs> and and I went in there and the guy's like, like, <sighs> like, what are you looking for? And I said, I want some Japanese stuff. And he said, he's like, who do you know from Japan? I was like, the great Muda. <laughs> like... I just knew I wanted to see some cool stuff, and, and and he gave me this tape. It was AJPW Battle for the Belts, and it had three matches on it. Um, and the second match was for the vacated Triple Crown, and it was Akira Tawe, who was at best a giant Baba tribute act. <laughs> he was okay. He was he was he was not very good. Akira Tawe was not very good, but he was tall. It was Akira Tawe versus mm-hmm. Vader. And when I saw Vader, my fucking eyes lit up. Like, like Vader was there. He looked, he looked just like he did. He had this great match. He powerbombed the fuck out of of Akira Tawe and pinned him, and became the Triple Crown Champion. They put three these tiny little belts that looked even tinier on Vader, and they had these huge fucking trophies. And like, I didn't have much money. I could, I didn't really get to see much more of that stuff until later on YouTube when YouTube happened and. What's wonderful about YouTube is you can actually find like really good quality versions of a lot of these old Japan matches. And I spent the last week watching like his matches with Mitsuharu Mizawa, his incredible triple crown defense against Kenta Kobashi. This guy started wrestling in like in 1985, <coughs> and his best years were 1999 and 2000. As a wrestler, those were his best years. Like he That is amazing considering how long he had been in the business. It really and it really being is. a big man, being a big man and being around that long, it's weird that he that he was able to his body was able to hold up that right. long. Right. I mean, this is a guy who had to retire from football because of a, a ruptured patella. And this guy this guy yeah. was doing moonsaults of four hundred <clears throat> pounds. Uh uh, what like six six foot five, and fucking yeah, like taking taking fucking taking stiff ass fucking moves from guys like Mizawa, taking those those kicks from from Kawada had the had the stiffest meanest kicks in all of Japan at that point, and you know, Vader was part of the the um the the mass exodus which was um. The creation of Pro Wrestling Noah. If you don't know about Pro Wrestling Noah, and All Japan, uh, All Japan was booked and owned by another of the all-time Japanese wrestling greats, Giant Baba. Like maybe he's more the El Santo than than Anoki. But yeah, but Giant <coughs> Giant Baba passed away, and his wife M- Motoko Baba took over the company, and Mitsuharu, Mitsuharu Mizawa had become one of the head bookers. As well as one of the biggest stars, he himself sadly passed away in the ring a few years ago. That's about a decade ago now, and um, yeah, he had a huge falling out with her as far as like where the company was going, and he had so he had so much pull that he took almost the entire All Japan roster 
and made a new company, Pro Wrestling Noah, which does still exist. All Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah do, do limp along while New Japan fucking rules things today. But that's where Suzuki Goon came from. Like, that's really where Minoru Suzuki became a star was in the old Japan. But, like, at this point, like, Pro Wrestling Noah was, like, the best wrestling company in the world because it had, like, all the best Japanese guys, except for Toshiaki Kawada, who stayed with all Japan out of loyalty to Giant Baba. He was the only one who stayed. But, like, Vader went on to be... He, it was called Pro Wrestling Noah, like, literally because in like a big kind of a big middle finger to old japan it was like it's like mazawa was saving everybody <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a giant like middle finger <laughs> that is a fuck you but like um like vader actually became a tag champ with two called scorpio at one point in wrestling noah and like wait wait for it Okay, continue. Scorpio. <laughs> and um, his glory days uh, ran through 2002 in Pro Wrestling Nowhere. And yeah, he made sporadic appearances after that. He, he showed up in TNA. Remember when he came out and like, mm-hmm. like um, um, pretend, uh, came out with Dusty Rhodes? They beat the. They, I remember they, that. They, and they actually, the two of them wrestled the Harris brothers. And um, Vader popped up in WWE a couple times. I remember. Um, I remember he beat up Heath Slater. <laughs> I, 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 I remember when he popped up in 2005 <laughs> when um, Jonathan Coachman. Because everyone fucking hated him. That was when Vince McMahon was. Vince McMahon's big idea was everyone hates Coachman. Let's make him a heel. Let's make him a heel manager, and he brought in Vader and Gold Dust for like for like one show. I think I, I, I think he I think he was in like <coughs> one fucking show, and poor Leon was was hopping down out of the ring after the match, and he fell down on live television, and you saw him get up and go shit, like he yelled shit because he he just. This was his chance to get back into WWE and, and you know make some some good money, but he felt he fell on his ass, and I thought I I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh Leon, I'm sorry, because because he just knew that like, I mean look look, look at what they've done to um, uh, one Titus O'Neil after his his slight. I mean that I, I mean that was fucking hilarious, but like he's the slight he's the he, Titus World Slide. Yeah. I'm so damn tired of that yeah. shit. I was so damn tired of that shit. But Vader did come back for the thousandth episode of Raw. Um, yeah, he beat up his later. <laughs> and, um, and he inducted Stan Hansen to the Hall of Fame. Yo, with the fucking, with the fucking wig, the, the glasses. <laughs> it's good that he could make fun of that because it could have potentially, as somebody with an eye impairment, that um seeing what like how fucked up Vader's eye was during that match mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, I mm, I had a close call. Yeah, I I, I I had a close call with a sharp object in one of my eyes when I was a kid. So like rewatching that Vader Hansen match earlier, I was like, oh fuck, oh shit. Tr- it's it's trigger warning. Yes, 
Yeah. Um, and you know, like Vader made the occasional appearance. Like he 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 popped up in Japan a couple more times. Like he he um he went back um to Japan and did a sh- did an event called Vader Time Five: Return of the Emperor, which is the best name. <laughs> Where he actually teamed with his son an and, and Scorpio. Name. And um, in a match uh, against Makoto Hashi, Tamon Honda, and Tatsumi Fujinami, another man that he had some legendary New Japan matches back with in the late 80s. Go check that. They yeah. had, some of those are on New Japan World. And, um, wait, wait, wait. WWE Hall. Is that, that's the Hall of Fame, huh? Fujinami? Uh, no, that was... That oh, was no, I'm the, thinking about that somebody. That was the Return of the Emperor show. Oh, Japan. no, no. I'm thinking about somebody else. Oh, I'm thinking about the. I'm thinking about the other guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, the one that uh, the one that Flair inducted, the Japanese wrestler that Flair inducted. Yeah, that was that was. And that I was, never. Re- was that? That was Fujinami. I, I think that was that. Was that Fujinami? Yeah. Let me make yeah, sure. Was. Shit. All right, yeah, we can it was, edit it all was like time. the. It was like <laughs> random ass fucking like they just. Like, I I don't know why they picked Fujinami. They I put, guess he was the one that caught that like answered the phone. I don't know, but God bless the I, guy. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was I am ups- induction. I'm upset that they never attempted to induct Vader. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. They, they. Uh, <laughs> I, I, am sure. They I'm sure they could have done it while he, he was got, alive. He's, he's got to be going in next year. Um, unfortunately, what some people said was like, no. Once, once Vader learned that he only had a couple of years left to live. Uh, at the most three, because I think he had a doctor that gave him a more positive uh, diagnosis than the other two doctors had. He, uh-huh. he, you know, and a bunch of other people online kind of started like a little social media kind of movement to get him inducted into the Hall of Fame. And and because because WWF WWE is fucking high school. Um, if you ask or campaign to go in the Hall of Fame, Mr. Manson would say, "I'm not going to put you in my Hall of Fame." Because you want it, you're trying too hard. Just like, just like, um, apparently, uh, Sean Waltman said, uh, like one of the reasons Vader didn't get more over in WWE was because Vader asked to to be put over too much. Fucking high school. Like this, this, this is pretty This much. is a fucking wrestling company. This is a fucking uh, a me. Uh, we're uh, an entertainment empire that's apparently putting five hundred million dollars into a football league again. But they won't put a guy who's dying of congestive heart failure in the Hall of Fame because he asked too much. Sorry, I just had to get another shot in on that that motherfucker, Vincent Mann, because he's he's the worst, and he's lived longer mm-hmm. than than uh, Leon Vader White, and that pisses me off. Sorry, yep. I don't wish death I on mean, anybody. Vader, Vader isn't the only person that oh, that absolutely. WWE is screwed out of the Hall of Fame because. There is no reason why Dr. Death Steve Williams isn't in the Hall of Fame. Dr. Death Steve Williams should have gone in the Hall of Fame while he was still alive. He also they could have they had two chances to put him in in a in a city where he like made his name as a wrestler. He had two they had two chances to put him in here and they didn't. Yep. But yeah, uh I, I, I mean I gotta imagine he's going in next year i mean yeah he has to but i mean this, yeah. this, i mean i wonder who inducts him 
if he if when they finally put him in, they because they have a list of people that could induct him. Shawn Michaels could probably finally do him the fucking solid of burying him, and he could induct I him. Would, I or, would have race do it. Or Harley could do it if Harley's up to it health true, wise. Because I know yeah, Harley, he's, he's, yeah. He's had his issue. Um, Seventy five. Yeah. Harley could put him in. Mick could put him oh, in. Yeah. Sting could put him in. Apparently, they 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 said apparently Sting, Sting um was with Vader and his family a lot during his final days. Apparently, Sting was there with him. Good because I, good on Sting, man. Yeah, Sting, Sting's a fucking Steve Borden's a good fucking guy. I gotta like like yeah. like like I I mean like he's a good dude. Like as 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 far as like. Like his place in, in in the pantheon of wrestling, which which WWE has done a good job of trying to diminish, by mm-hmm. by having him lose to Triple H and get get put out of wrestling for good by um, Seth Rollins to give him a fucking to like fucking power moment to the dashboards, which was the most stupid idea ever. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, Sting's a good fucking guy, and 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 if 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 anyone could be a giant <laughs> asshole, it would be Sting. You know, you know. But he's mm-hmm. he's a good dude, and and you can tell because he's one of he's one of the guys who, you know, we talk. Up, there's a lot of wrestlers who at like there are points in their life where they where they found religion and they were born again sure. or whatever. And there's a couple of them who they they use that shit as a scam. Apparently, before he got sober for real, that was a thing with uh. That was the thing that Jake the Snake did during his sec his second WWE run. Ted DiBiase is talk- wrote a whole book about being born again, basically. Mm-hmm. Ted DiBiase's a minister. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He's a minister. Um, Ted DiBiase's kid left wrestling to you know because of his because of his faith. Um, lots of wrestlers. AJ Styles has talked at length about his faith. You know, a lot of wrestlers have. But Sting is one of those guys who I feel like, based on what we know, has walked has, has walked it. Mm-hmm. He has walked what he talks. And so good on him. And I'm glad that he was there he, I, to offer some comfort to, to Leon's family. You know what? I'm agnostic at best. I'm not a, I'm not a person mm-hmm. who, believes, who, who, who has much of a religious belief or anything like that but i know i know we're, now we're just talking about staying on this show about vader but but like i think about people who have who, who have been really shit to, to like folk throughout their lives and how very frequently they look so much worse they, they age so much so much more poorly than people who have done good in their lives like Maybe Were we talking about that before the show? Because I don't know if you've seen Shawn Michaels lately. I don't know what the fuck is up with Shawn. Shawn Michaels look rough. Shawn looks. Shawn Michaels looks look like he looks rough as fuck. Like I don't. I, I when when I saw him like and I saw his eye, I'm like, shit. Did Shawn have a stroke or something? Like, God damn. I'm not wishing that on him or anything, but like he he's a shitty fucking dude, and 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 like and like he's done shit to a lot of people, and he looks like he he looks way worse than Sting does, and Sting Sting is an older man. Mm-hmm. So you and I talk about 
how about and you know not to be weird but we talked about white folks and how mind their business and they're not assholes and they're good people how they age better than other than than other folks like yeah that's an example of that by uh, another example and i you know not to talk about a woman but kellyanne conway oh yeah kellyanne conway is like at most 50 years old, I think. Good job on the Google machines. I hear you clickety-clacking. She's 51. She looks like her soul was removed from her body, like, at least a couple decades ago. Yo, she looks like she's either, like, she don't mind her own business and she on hard drugs. Well, you want to hear something scary? Sarah Huckabee Sanders is 35. Yeah, bruh! She, yo, Sarah Huckabee Sanders is three years younger than me. I don't know what this says about I, I, I don't know what this says about the stuff I search for on on Google, but I do I Google Sarah Huckabee Sanders to get that, and it has videos here. And the second video it suggests it, I watch says Jim Cornette reacts to Sarah Huckabee Sanders getting kicked out of a of a restaurant. <laughs> know that motherfucker Jim Jim Cornette. <coughs> that guy that, also, that guy enjoys Schadenfreude Corn- a little too much. Mm-hmm. Jim Cornette uh, is, is is the pettiest fucking liberal. <laughs> he he he's a shred of ass. No, he he's a shred of asshole. He 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 he. Yeah, he, he said is. some things. Um, that family, the Duggars, that had like the TV mm-hmm. show and stuff. He said some really. He said some really vile stuff about where I'm when sure. where, when the one son it came out that the one son had been inappropriate with some of his. His his sisters, and I won't say any more than that. Jim Cornette was gleeful in that, and I'm like, dude, uh, mm-hmm. that no. Anyway, so let's get back to Vader. So, sadly, Vader has passed on, but his legacy lives on. Uh, if you're a big man wrestler, it's chances are you, you at some point or another you've you've either been a big fan of vader or someone said you know what if you want to be a big man you, you should, should watch some watch vader because i mean um he I, I i remember when we had mr shane taylor on the podcast and um i, I we were talking to him one thing i really wanted to talk to him about was because shane shane is a very large gentleman that he's lost a lot. He's lost like a hundred pounds or something. Like he, he's he's lost a bunch <laughs> mm-hmm. of weight. But Shane is an extremely large chap in stature, everything. Uh, but I but watching him wrestle, I'm like, this isn't just this isn't like there was the, there are some there there are some wrestlers who were just fat, and that's not and that's that that's not, that's not to 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 in, that's not meant to insult them. But you you like I remember. Some of those WCW, sh- yeah, fat. Some of those fat. The word "fat" is not an insult; it's a descriptive term. So I, 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 there's that. I, 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 I think about like um in 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 the early nineties, like Vader stood out partly because a guy he was a guy his size who could move the way he could, and I remember there was a team in WCW, and I cannot remember for the life of me what they were called, but they were like the shitty Vader tag team knockoffs, where they're these two big fat dudes in masks. Uh, the Kongs. The Kongs. Watching... Awesome, awesome Kong and amazing Kong or something like that. Watching those two guys wrestle gave me chest pains. 
That's how, that's yep. how unhealthy they were. That's how just slow and like, like how they'd be breathing harder for 30 seconds of being in the ring. And like, when I watch Shane Taylor wrestle, I'm like, I want to ask Shane about his workouts because this dude is not just a big fat dude. This, this is a, this is a big, strong man. And I brought up Vader to him and he was like, yes, like, because you, because Vader was never going to be ripped, but Vader was, when you actually saw him, like when he would do like a, the, the, the standard muscle pose, his arms were enormous. Yeah, Vader was a Vader was sw- was swole was out here. Huge, strong, powerful, athletic man for for his frame, for his size, and there's just no way that he cannot be an influence on pretty much anybody, like like be it Keith Lee, be it a Shane Taylor, be it any other someone who 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 like has has looked at guys like. Like looked at guys over the years who have these incredible physiques and had these big careers, and saying, "I'm not going to be able to be that guy." But goddamn, I could like Vader. Vader was a man who who like went in there and worked his fucking ass off. Okay, pause real quick. So the tag team you were referencing were the Colossal Kongs, Awesome Kong and King Kong. Watching them. Because they couldn't think of another name oh, for those guys. Yeah, apparently not. I, they they were horrifically bad, just <clears throat> just unhealthy, and and like even I thought the Puerto Rican headhunter dudes were bad, but yeah, the the colossal the 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 colossal Kongs were pretty bad. They were, and they had Sting out. Sting had to carry them dudes, and Sting was not. At that point in his career, Sting wasn't a ring general, bro. Sting wasn't out here able to really call a match and make somebody. Yeah, that that, that, that shit was bad. Yeah, I, I I remember um remember when they do the battle balls, when they would they would they would randomly pick uh-huh. teams. I can't remember who got picked to tag with one of with one of the colossal Kongs, but it was, whew, it was bad. It was real. But that's the thing, like like Vader's legacy as a as a wrestler was just that you did not have to look like Sting to be able to move and be able to like have a lengthy career. I mean, this the, not only was this dude big, not only was this dude carrying a lot of weight, not only was this dude like bumping around like a lunatic doing moon salts, which are all on your knees. Like there's a reason why there's a reason why like KG Mudo can can barely wrestle anymore. Because he took, he he did moonsaults for like twenty years, like, like, like I know Sonata's paying tribute to his to his to his <laughs> senpai and everything, but he got to he got to quit it with the moonsaults at some point because that shit's why all do on you your think, fucking knees. Why do you think? Why do you think Sonata out here doing that dragon sleeper? Yeah. Smart so, man. But like Vader had a hell of a career, and like this, and like and and that he, he was the guy who laid it in. And definitely wanted of like the guys he was wrestling to lay it in too. Like he did not pussyfoot around at all, and nope. and and he's one of those guys. And and you can see his legacy in like in things like um, characters and video games bearing striking striking resemblances to him. Yep. Fatal Fury. That I will. 
Yep. That um. So, shit. Yeah. My yeah. That'll be referenced in my recommendation today. To in this episode. Um. But yeah, man. Vader's impact. You see it in every big man wrestler going now. Like you see a little bit of Vader in. You see a little bit of Vader in Hanson. You see a little bit of Vader in Keith Lee. You see a little bit of Vader. Now that he's a bigger wrestler now, you see a little bit of Vader in in Cash's Ono. I I see Vader in both of Heavy Machinery. I mean, Tucker and Otis are both big fucking dudes who are all about lifting enormous weights and being big, big, large (sighs) men. Big, large, strong men. Not like toned men. Mm -hmm. Just Big fucking dudes. Big, strong ass men who can move. And the shit, like, seeing a big man who can move as well as Vader, like, we will never get another big man Vader. No. There'll never, never. be a guy quite like And him. I don't want, I don't ever want anybody to decide that they want to be, they want to, they want to be the next Vader and they want to be out here with the Mastodon helmet and all that shit. No. No, you no. That is for the that that's for the battle royal in the sky, bro. That's for the battle royal in the sky. That is for the tag team tournament in the sky. Cause Vader and Bigelow have reunited in the tag team tournament in the sky, and right now they are having a hell of a match with, against the Miracle Violence Connection. And Gordon Soley is calling that motherfucker. <laughs> And I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it. Uh, so. I plan on pulling out my Dreamcast <laughs> to play uh, some some uh, some giant Gram. Giant Gram two thousand. The, fir- the first the first game I ever played for the Sega Dreamcast was the first Giant Gram, because a little video game store in the, in my town, um, they imported some shit from Japan, and for some reason, the only Dreamcast games they had were Godzilla, and. Giant Gram, the first Giant Gram, and me and my buddy Tom played that game, and I I picked <coughs> Vader, and I did the power bomb, f- followed up by a Vader splash, and I got a two point nine 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 close pinfall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Lord. The, and I I have to say I don't know I it was one of my my proudest moments as a, as a as a as a gamer was. Watching what at the time was like the best looking wrestling game ever, invaded just and it is still holds up. Yeah, it it does actually like the face like the facial animations and stuff. Like I became a fan of Kenta Kobashi off playing that game. <laughs> um, so even though it's not the best wrestling game, I have half a mind to go and seek out a copy of. WCW Super Brawl for the SNES because Vader is on the cover of that game. Yes. He's also in, um... He was in WC- WWF in your house. I think he's in the King of Coliseum um, games. I have King of Coliseum 2 for the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. It's apparently meant to be like a spiritual success to fire pro wrestling. It's the most difficult wrestling game I've ever tried to play. <laughs> but he was also in um, <laughs> Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, which I have on the N64. And it ha- that has like his his like his like big like running sideways doing the Vader like hand signals with like to the crowd in it and stuff with animation and everything. He was also in um 
So the old NES World Championship Wrestling game was actually a port of a game that FCI did in Japan, and I can't I can't remember the name of it. But Vader's Vader was in that game, and Vader wrestled the fucking matches in that game with the Mastodon helmet on. Really? That must look yes. nuts. It looks nuts. It looks like you're re- you're playing with a fucking elephant man as a character. It is weird as shit. Um, but it is that game was actually like it was it was a pretty deep wrestling game because the NES, for all of the bad WWF wrestling games, there were some really really deep wrestling games on the NES. So there's that what 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 is great is because like like because of video games we can still we can still play as Vader. Um like I said a lot of his like old Japan and Noah stuff is on YouTube and I I I, I will if you go to nerdlesecret.com you get the post for this there'll be a bunch of matches embedded in, in un, under the uh the spiel for this episode including including that that fan cam of his match with uh Keiji Mudo, which I didn't get to watch all of yet because I only found it like right before we were gonna start recording. But apparently, like that got that got five stars from Dave Meltzer back in uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter back in uh, 1990, 1991. And you know what? He also he he, nah. he he um he went to the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame in 1996. Damn fucking right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also um. Another interesting thing about Vader, he was yeah he he did a little bit of acting, he did. and he was a regular on the family sitcom Boy Meets World. <laughs> to the point where, when um upon hearing of his death, the uh, the actress who played Topanga, Daniel Danielle Fischel, or I forget how. I think that's how you pronounce her name. I don't know. Um, she like posted a tweet talking about how good he worked, he was to to her and the rest of the cast and all of that. And a guy that big and scary was just he was just a tender soul, like behind the scenes, and it's a great thing, man. Yeah, like, I think about like uh, and 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 he was a smart guy too. I remember like in in Beyond the Mat. And he's just—he's like taking his gear off, he's taking his boots off and stuff off, and he's talking about how he has a real estate license because he, like, you know, he—he—he he, he made plans beyond being a wrestler. Like he—he—he—he he, he, he made sure he had other, other like means of income. And it's like, yeah, yeah, there'll never be another, yeah. never be another Leon White. There'll never be another Leon White, man. Never. And the world, the world, it at large is better for him having been here. The wrestling business is damn sure better for having him be here. And there are a lot of wrestlers who definitely would not be the men they, the men and women they are, if it wasn't for Big Van Vader. Absolutely. One of my all-time favorites, man. And, uh, 
So bef it's uh, it's 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 go home time. I'm gonna do recommendations, but I just wanna I just wanna drop in something that, that I think is super positive, and I just wanted to mention this that um come on I got some real I I I got I had some real tears behind the, the passing of Leon White, but I had some real tears in a good way behind Tessa Thompson, wonderful actress. <laughs> um, right at the end of like right at the tail end of Pride. Uh, Tessa Thompson came out as came out as bi, and finally, finally, came out and talked about her relationship with Janelle Monae, who herself came out as pansexual back when her album dropped. Her the at this point my favorite album of 2018, Dirty Computer is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> um, and I'm just so happy for her and for Janelle and. For all of the free ass motherfuckers out there who 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 feel like they can celebrate who they really are and 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 not and 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 I I, I hope they influence a whole lot of people to be able to feel that they can do the same. So yep. I just want to I just want a little a nice little positive thing to go out <laughs> on there. And the recommendations are positive because we're talking about Vader. Yep. So. Oof, I guess first. I'm first. Alright. So, my recommendation is a video game. It's a video game that was published by Capcom. And it was... It, um, it used characters from Capcom's universe and from SNK's universe. A fighting game. Uh, the second fighting game in that franchise, though. Not... Not the first. And it was easily... It's easily my favorite Capcom fighting game. And I picked it on this particular occasion because of the inclusion of the Fatal Fury character, Raiden, who in Fatal Fury 2 removed his unmasked and became known as Big Bear. Um, and this game is Capcom versus SNK 2. Greatest video games of all time. Such an incredible fighting game. But I want to talk particularly about Raiden slash Big Bear. Yes, because that motherfucker as a character, he is surprisingly fast in this game. Um which much like Vader. So the the folks at SNK who designed the character. They definitely had some inf influence, like as far as Vader, watching Vader like destroy motherfuckers in in all Japan and New right. Japan. And later on, Capcom, at while they were working on this game, they must have realized that while Raiden was a formidable character in the Fatal Fury games. He wasn't as mobile as he should have been because he is a hell of a lot faster in Capcom versus SNK2. And he doesn't do like, I think he does the poison fog. I don't remember. But you mean his move the list breath? was. So that's, what, that's what it was called. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, dude was like that character rounded out a qu quite the impressive roster of characters. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it had characters from a bunch of the SNK fighting games. Fatal Fury, Art of Fighting, Samurai Showdown, um, Capcom Fighters. It had You had Street Fighter and um, fucking Final Fight 2. <laughs> uh, Street Fighter, Final Fight 2, Street Fighter 1. Uh, who the fuck yeah? Uh, rival yeah. school. There were rival you school characters rival in this game. In game. The fucking they took a yes. character and they fucking drew. They fucking drew a whole new two D fucking version of him for that game. Model of him, yeah. Meanwhile, we can't get we can't get a rival schools character and shit else. Yeah, fucking Abigail. <laughs> we can get Abigail. Who has the smallest head Gash, in the world? The most, the most but ghastly we, character to ever appear in a Street Fighter game. Hideous. Motherfuckers look. I was watching tournaments. I was watching a tournament on TBS. Also, they're showing they're showing fight Street Fighter tournaments on TBS yeah. still. And um, motherfuckers are out here playing turn in tournaments with Abigail. Kenny Omega plays Abigail, but. I know he 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 switched from Alex but to Abigail. Can't... I was really upset because he was like, "Because I'm a bit of an Alex player." <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's it's weird as shit to me. But that game that game, that, that game is incredible. It's incredibly well balanced. It is probably it is probably almost as well. I'm gonna say this. So for my money, Street Fighter Championship Edition was one of the one of the best balanced fighting games I had ever played as a you know as a youngin who was e- bright eyed and eager about fighting games. Then you know reality hit me and I realized that shmups were my jam and I need to lead them fighting games alone. I still can't look. But um, I still go back <clears throat> over and over. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to fucking buy. I'm about to buy Street Fighter. Uh, arcade edition because of your ass um (laughs) (laughs) yep i am gonna blame you but uh nah man capcom versus snk2 is incredibly well balanced it has so much depth all the different like all the different systems all the different systems and uh the way you can allocate like strength points to to characters you can you can pick one one riding and make him a four-point character, or or you can pick one right. You can pick a Raiden, make him a one-point character, and like, and and a fucking rule, and make him a three-point character, which is what you would probably do because Rugal was a final boss and he was ridiculous. But well, then it was God Rugal because he was an SNK boss. Rugal and God Rugal, indeed, and Shinakuma. God damn! Crazy ass. Um, hmm. That that was the most SNK style oh shit ever. Cause SNK Jesus was known. SNK known for the asshole bosses. <laughs> remember, uh, remember Dio? <laughs> I tell you, the one that pissed me off the most was uh, King of Fighters 2002. They had Cyber Rugal, and oh and fuck you! It was it was impossible to beat him. Like. Or, like his genocide cutter had like an extra hit at the end, just to like as an extra fuck you. Just when you think he's 
He's like takes off half your health with his genocide cutter, and then he has one extra kick at the end. Like you're like, oh fuck you, <laughs> oh, SNK. Why can't you make bosses that aren't just just the most the cheapest fucking pieces of shit ever that just read like read your input and just to anti air you every single time. Ugh. But. Yeah, man, Capcom vs. SNK 2 is a phenomenal video game. And it's one of those fighting games that, I mean, it's not played in tournaments for real, for real anymore. But it anymore. was played for a long time. But it's like, like a long and, time. And, and, and it's strike, one of those like, things. It a long time. And it's one of those things, honestly, that I'm really, I'm really hoping that one day Capcom and SNK can just... They can have a sit down and realize that Street Fighter Cross Tekken wasn't the thing that they wanted it to be. But Capcom vs. SNK 2 was. And so they should revisit Capcom vs. SNK 2. And put some Street Fighter 5 characters in Capcom vs. SNK 3. And put some of those new characters from King of Fighters 14 in it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But if you have an old console... um, Around PS2, Xbox, GameCube era, Dreamcast era, you can you can get yourself a copy of Capcom vs. SNK2, and it's not stupidly expensive as I re- as far as I remember, but um, it's a fun time, man, and it's it's an excuse to get your friends to sit next to you on the couch, because <laughs> that's always it's fun. Indeed. And if you want to take, and if you want to take a break from gaming, and you want to watch a wacky little, a wacky little sci-fi movie based on an incredible, on incredible anime, anime manga, um, I will always be a staunch defender of the live-action adaptation of *Fist of the North Star*. What didn't Jeff Speakman play? No, kid? it was Gary Daniels, my fellow countryman. Ah, it was Gary Daniels. Why the fuck did I confuse Jeff? Why the fuck did I think that was Jeff Jeff Speakman? Speakman was in the perfect weapon. And, um, the X-Men. Yeah, that... Which had had Jim Barney in it. But, um... Fist and North Star. Like, when anime became big in the West in the early 90s, there were a couple attempts... There were a couple of attempts to make live-action adaptations of a couple of, like very randomly picked animes one of them i don't think even got released in the united states and that was crying freeman which is actually really they made a, a they, tr- they a try to make a live freeman. it's actually pretty good mark dacascus plays plays the crying freeman in that movie you see my yeah, face right Justin's very excited um Ooh, I'll, bitch. I'll have a link for you later justin <laughs> and um around good the same man. time they made a Fist of the North Star live-action film. I remember that because that was back when uh, that was back when, as a teenager, we had HBO, and that movie premiered on HBO on a Friday night because that's where all the straight to VHS joints went on HBO when they premiered. They premiered on a Friday and, night. Um, this was during the time in uh, Michael McDowell's career. When he would literally sign on to be in anything, so Michael McDowell is in this movie. Oh, like Ben Michael Kingsley McDowell of, uh, of you know, a Club Orange, uh, Star Trek Generations. But um, 
it stars Gary Daniels as Kenshiro, and he is, you know, he, it's, it's, it's loosely the same story. He is, he, he is the, the, um, the loner walking through a post-apocalyptic landscape. He was betrayed by his friend, um, and martial arts rival. Um, it's not, it's not quite the same as the anime. He doesn't, like, he doesn't, like, kill as many people. It's a very truncated version. It's really kind of like Mad Max without the cars and with martial arts instead. And, um, but Garen Downs is a hell of a martial artist and, um, the fight scenes that are in the movie are pretty great considering the meager budget this film had. Like, the, when they do some, like, serious, like, like, nasty, explodey head shit in this movie, it, it's pretty decent. It's pretty, it's pretty gory and unpleasant. Um, Costas <laughs> Mandalore plays, plays, um, Lord Shin. Which was a bit of a weird choice because he can't do any martial arts, so there's a lot of doubling in his scenes. But um, there, there, there are so many people in this movie, like I mentioned, Garen Daniels, Costas Mandalore, who would go on to be in the Saw movies, Michael McDowell. Uh, Downtown Julie Brown is in this movie, the black one. Mm-hmm. Um, Melvin Van Peebles is in this movie. Yes, bad, bad, uh, bad. Dante Bosco, a.k.a. Rufio from Hook is in this movie as the young upstart martial artist that, that kind of helps drag Kenshiro back into the, the fight against his his old friend um, Clint Howard is in this movie the ugly the hideously ugly Howard <laughs> I am not a handsome man <laughs> but in a couple of really memorable scenes um, there is He's he's known as Goliath. Is Leon Vader White, and he's basically just being Vader. And there is a wonderful scene when he's literally terrorizing a little girl who is locked up in a small cage, and he's just full on Vader. He's just like, "You're gonna die in this cage. Oh yeah, who's the man?" <laughs> and it's just, it's just Vader being Vader for a couple of scenes in a movie. Wait, wait, wait! Did he yell? Did, he didn't actually, he didn't he actually yell. Who's I, I the man, remember he this. Did, he he was doing all the other Vader. He I feel like, like he might have yelled Thunder Cage hmm? though. I feel like he yelled Thunder Cage though. <laughs> Thunder Cage. Ugh, he's under, it was and it's fucking glorious. And there's a scene where Gary Daniels kicks the shit out of like approximately like a hundred dudes. And yeah, there's not like as many heads exploding as 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 the anime, but it's a it's a fun movie for 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 the amount of money they had for what for what they were able to do yeah it's it's not going to live up to the to the anime but what could like even when they tried to bring fist and north star back it's been a shadow of 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 like the original series like the original series is is yeah. is just an absolute classic but it's a f- or the original or that that one the, the first the, that the film film yeah yeah the- that's fun that's fun as hell but uh, you, you you can you can it's, this movie's on YouTube. You can go watch it on YouTube, uh, or, or you can just watch the, the you can just watch the the climax. The, I mean, the, like the climactic scenes. Like all the all the highlights have been kind of uploaded to YouTube. He does like kick this dude's jaw out of place, and it looks pretty great. He does he and he does the whole like you you are already dead like touch of death on a dude, and it's great. It's 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 a fun movie. So, Fist of the North Star. 
live action. And uh, it's go home time, folks. Um, oh um, yeah, because we've been we've been at it for what about a yeah. While. Um, so yeah, once again, like <laughs> our, 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 you know, our, our love and condolences and best wishes with Vader and all of his friends and family, all the people, all, all of his loved ones, and all the people that he influenced. Everyone who he touched. Yeah, we 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 definitely feel the loss. And um, but like as as we've talked about, his legacy will will live on, and uh, we'll live on at least another week to bring you another retro superplex. But until then, take care of yourselves and each and we'll other. Talk to you again soon, everybody. Bye, Bye babies. <laughs>